Welcome in, everyone. Week two, or technically week one. Week one. But week two of our pod that's still to be named. I'm a big fan of Tease Me With a Parlay, just taking a group chat name and making it our college football name. But anyway, Alex, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I am doing well on this fine Tuesday. It's August 29th. We're, uh, we're getting ready to preview week one of college football, and we are recording this here on Tuesday evening. So I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I've got a few things uh, before we dive in that I just feel like I need to admit since the last time uh, we got off. Uh, absolutely started down a wacky YouTube rabbit hole, and I'm not really sure... Um, if I'm too proud of like what I've been watching hours of like over the weekend, but there's this fucking kid who has like 250,000 views and he literally just runs the NCAA 2014 like tournaments of all 126 teams. And I don't know why, but I'm so invested in Toledo and Ohio state every time he runs these things. That have literally no bearing on anything. And this kid is just consuming like hours of my life. And I feel like an absolute loser watching this guy. Can you give me some more context? <laughs> You're talking about NCAA 14, you said, right? Yeah, but I think it's modded where it has like updated rosters. So he's running simulations? Yeah, just simulations. Of like games, like real games? Or no, just- no, just a bracket of like all 126 teams. And it's literally just like in order. Some are alphabetical order. Some are just by uh, territory. And uh, yeah, usually the winning team he like buys the jersey, so he releases like one every like couple weeks. And it's the same thing every single time. A terrible AI sim. But I don't know if it's the nostalgia of college football fourteen or college football coming back in general, but. You gotta check this kid out. He also has a little bit of a, uh, uh, not sure how we want to put this. I'll bleep it out. Uh, he's got a bit of a voice. Sounds sounds a bit. Maybe just a little bit of a sheltered child, so he has more of an effeminate voice. But it's like, yeah. So the past like, I don't know, three days, I've just been just binge watching this kid's content. Wow. Well, uh, it, you know, I think I gotta. I think we have to view it because. You're not really making me buy into it based on your description. <laughs> well, I don't even know if I want you to buy into it. I'm so like ashamed of this viewing and how many hours I've already invested. I will say I do skip ahead a few to get to the teams I want to see. You know, some Mac, Mac action and uh, see what's going on. But yeah, uh, found that on the the interweb and uh, definitely not too proud of, of, of that. That Yeah, excited to uh, dive into week one. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully just consume way more uh, real college football this week because we've got a hell of a slate, Mayor. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we have a hell of a slate, but we have a lot of games, and that can con- constitute constitute that yeah. can constitute as, as a hell of a slate. Sure thing. Make it up. I don't give a shit. We do have a few things before we dive into that. Uh, we talked a little bit about a punishment. I think I have a good punishment that's... Uh, Definitely not tattoo level crazy. Okay. That would be like pain worthy enough that uh, would also be kind of funny for anyone listening. So you watch the show Hot Ones. 
hot ones. The wing, the wing show. The guy interviews celebrities, and they eat uh, hotter wings each time. No. <laughs> oh man, maybe one of the most popular shows in our like last decade. Really? It's on YouTube and yeah, free ones. Uh, anyway, so basically, it's just like buffalo sauce all the way up to. Like a sauce that's passed like blazing at Buffalo Wild Wings. Fuck that. It's like twelve. It's like ten different sauces. Uh huh. So I was thinking the uh, lowest percentage has to uh, complete the challenge of the wings uh, throughout a live pod. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're just eating and still talking and eating wings and and from there just like sweating out profusely, just getting. Hotter and hotter throughout the pod. Man, son of a bitch. Why do I feel like that's going to be me? You know? <laughs> like, if that is the punishment we decide, why do I already feel like, yeah, I'm getting ready to <laughs> to have those wings? Like, fuck. You've got an iron stomach, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. A bartender did compliment me one time and said I had an iron stomach. <laughs> I mean, that's the weirdest way to bump the tip, but, I mean, you got to know your clientele. Yep. I mean, that played you like an absolute fiddle. <laughs> it was an odd comment. <laughs> She wasn't wrong. I mean, so are we Are we good for that, locking that in as a punishment? Yeah, I think I'm good with that. I had three other quick suggestions. I said... Whoa, three? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said donate $100 to a charity of the winner's choice. Classic. Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Uh, volunteer 10 different times in 2024. Whoa. And buy the winner and their significant other dinner? Question mark. Sounds like yours is pretty, pretty fun, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what are those, resolutions? Those aren't even punishments. It's like, give back, volunteer, and go to dinner. That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> I didn't come with much here. You, you brought the heat, literally. Wow. Nice, dude. So, I think we have it booked. I mean, we're going to do the Hot Ones Challenge. The loser has to do it live. Uh, might have the video channel set up by then, because that won't be till December. Uh, and... Someone's going to be absolutely sweating after... I mean, it's, I think it's appropriate after what would be an ice-cold season. Well, <laughs> and, the good news, and the good news for whoever has to do that challenge is that it's going to take place in, you know, November, December. So... Cool, cool out. A little cool out. Yeah. Right. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do the podcast outside that day. Yeah. Actually, what I'm hearing is basically if I lose, Mayor's going to do it with me. I, I think I've piqued his interest on this. maybe uh, honestly some of those real hot ones would be god awful but I feel like I have a pretty decent tolerance for that yeah I agree good got the punishment established Um, recapping week zero uh, first with our bets boy um, you hate to see backup quarterbacks in the group of five conference and my best bet of the week was shattered in the first quarter um, yeah, it was. So, I mean, what do you what do you mean, Group of Five Conference? Uh, Mac. Yeah. Mountain West. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. My mistake. Yeah, that sucked. Um, because you and I were talking about uh, Rourke, um, going into the game, and he, you had me believing, and I think it, I think it would have come to fruition, to be honest with you, because I'm not sure how much of that game you watched. Um, Every second. Yeah. But it's just like, even when um, 
even when Ohio had their backup quarterback playing, you know, they had op- they had opportunities. I mean, they were, he there were some drives where he moved the ball, they got into San Diego State territory, and then it seemed like almost every time it was just like some bullshit interception or you yeah. know, turnover, and it was just like, well, you know, we're not going to get to get to the green in this game if they're going to keep squandering their opportunities. But anyway, to your point, that sucked. Yeah, in Ohio, I mean, they got to the quarterback. Their defense looked good. San Diego State looked terrible, like like we said they would. It's just when you're dealing – I mean, C.J. Harris is probably one of the better backups in the MAC, but we're talking backup in the MAC. I mean, just bottom line. So that was a loss for me, but, uh, you know, a win for you. So good for you. You took the under on that game. So that was 1-0 for you, 0-1 oh for me. And then um, somehow the lightning storm in Vanderbilt – uh, just sparked some sort of offensive outpouring from Hawaii and Vanderbilt, and they still only covered by seven. Uh, I put out the under 56, finished at 63. Uh, you had nothing on that game, but all I have to say is fade Hawaii all season. That was the worst defense I've ever seen. And then Vanderbilt, they are in some trouble in the SEC. They're going to go out and play man coverage. All the this terrible Hawaii offense had so many balls over the top that should not even have been touched, and that's going to be yeah over city for the SEC. Yeah, I mean, um, I uh, I didn't have an opportunity to watch a ton of that game, um, so I'll take your word for it. I guess my only rebuttal, like to your comment, would be. It was week zero, you know. It's like, obviously, we don't expect Vanderbilt to compete with the top teams in the SEC, but yeah. um, maybe they can work some things out and still be competitive against some mid to some of those mid-to-low-tier teams. Um, but it's interesting that you say that about Hawaii, you know, because um, I, I mentioned this last week. Stanford plays Hawaii this week, just a little bit of a teaser, and that line opened up at, like, Seven and a half or eight? It's down to three and a half now. Stanford is favored by three and a half, and they opened at seven and a half, eight. So um, I don't know, just something to think about. That is uh, that is an absolute dog shit game, uh, not because of the teams that are playing, but because of whoever scheduled it. It's a fucking midnight kick Eastern time on Friday. Don't they don't give us the eleven p.m. kick, midnight kick on Saturday. They place a game where some people are going to be waking up for game day at 6.30 yeah. on a Friday. I mean, that's, I don't know. They, whatever they're doing with the scheduling for Hawaii, putting them on, on the road the first week where there's only six games, that's just, I'm, I'm besides myself. Anyway, 0-2 uh, for me on the week. Mayor, what was your other winner that you had? Notre Dame minus that's right. and a half. That was a rocking chair, and that's a perfect segue Wanted to talk about two games, Notre Dame-USC. Notre Dame looked good, but they played a Navy team where if you have time to prepare for the triple option, man, you're just playing one-dimensional football. I mean, they threw it a little bit, but, I mean, they weren't even getting a chance to throw it. Notre Dame was in the backfield, but Sam Hartman looked sharp. I wasn't able to watch it live, but I did watch a ton of uh, replay. Yeah, they looked good. For but I'll take it with a grain of salt against Navy. Yeah, to echo your comments, Hartman looked really, really good. Um, that first drive that Notre Dame had, not saying that this would have changed the outcome of the game at all, but that first drive, Notre Dame had a number of like 
third and eights, third and tens, third and twelve, and and Notre Dame every single time was able to convert it. Whether it was handing off to their running back on like a like a halfback draw yeah. on one of those uh, long third and tens, um, or Hartman just making a, a great throw. The thing that stood out to me about Hartman, you know, granted it's just one game against you know Navy, and we'll see how they, you know, finish out at the end of the season. But he, to me looks so much like an NFL quarterback today. Like he like I feel like he he would be he would be fine on an NFL team right now just with his poise, his command. It seems like he sees the field very well. It seems like the game kind of moves slowly for him. He did look really good and as we talked about and as you just mentioned, Notre Dame had all that time to prepare for the option and Navy was able to get some good runs on like that like the first and second drives that they had but once Notre Dame kind of like got their feet wet a little bit and was able to play with confidence I mean it was completely completely over yeah I mean let's pump the brakes on NFL talent this is the same guy from Wake Forest uh, that didn't really act well under pressure only four months ago or probably six months ago now so it was a pitiful Navy team that doesn't look like the Navy of old that could toss in some upsets, but yeah, he's good. And the other big game, boy, do I have some comments about this game. Um, USC looked fucking pitiful. They won by 28, but man, I watched this game live for what I could. Again, this Pac-12 network shit, no wonder why they're going under. I mean, it's on, like, no channels. Yeah, that sucked. I, I couldn't watch the game. Yeah, I finally uh, logged into Sling. It, it was on Sling. wasn't on YouTube TV. Um, and then caught uh, full game highlights today as well to rewatch it. And uninspired defense. Uh, so many red flags. It just looked like a team that is happy to collect NIL money. Um, I put a note down. You know, think about this the whole pod. I dare you. Find me a cool guy coach. That succeeded. Now, obviously Urban, super cool guy, but we know he's very uh, very football guy related. Please. <laughs> but, no, find me a cool guy coach, your Kingsbury's, your Lincoln Riley's, your Lane Kiffin's that have ever truly succeeded. Uh, because I just think they're all about the more of the recruiting trail, the hype, and the glitz and glam. That's what I took away from this USC team. They're not serious. Well, I got two for you, Andy Reid and Mike McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next level, though. They're at that level for a reason. Mike McCarthy, he uh, he destroys watermelons. How about your coach? <laughs> yeah, man. Like I said, I didn't get to watch the game, so I'll take your word for it. USC, to me, last season, just going back to 2022, it seemed like, without looking at numbers, um, it seemed like their defense was an issue. You know, last year I remember against Utah in the in the uh, Pac-12 championship game. I think they gave up 47 points in that game. Um, so yeah, you would expect some improvement on that side of the ball, especially if you're a USC fan hoping to like compete for a national championship. And I have no idea how San Jose State actually is like offensively, but. Um, like I said, I'll take your word for it. Not not a great start. Listen, this clip went viral. I mean, the quarterback picked up a third and 22, picked up 28 yards on a, on a scramble. Um, there were multiple plays where, uh, I mean, maybe USC is just fixing the kinks because they did dedicate two man coverage where the San, San Jose State just flat out beat them in man. Like, they just went over the top. Like, they weren't really fluky 28 points. 
Um, so maybe that's what they're doing, just like getting into man uh, more than his own, which will be interesting with quarterbacks like Penix and Knicks and Rising in the same conference. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, and then the fact that the debacle at the end with the onside kick, I will say it's good to be back absolutely screaming at the TV because of the refs <laughs> and neither of the neither of the teams. Already happened with only like six games on the slate. Yes, sir. One last thing that I had, not even on that game, it's on the Notre Dame game, but it has nothing to do with the players. If NBC, which if you don't know this, listening to this, NBC has exclusive rights to Big Ten this year, and so there's going to be a lot of Big Ten games, primetime games on NBC, Peacock. Jason Garrett was on the call for the Notre Dame game, and if that guy calls one more college football game this season, I mean, I might have to write multiple strongly worded emails to NBC and Big Ten (laughs) because he almost put me to sleep on 10 minutes of highlights. This guy was the worst possible, like... Option that they have. Tariko stinks, but he made Tariko look like Al Michaels up there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brent Musburger. Like, this... Yeah, Jason Garrett cannot be in the booth. Uh, so I hope I hope to God that that is not a primetime thing that they had, and it was just an off-Ireland game. Yeah, it seems like NBC has had some trouble. When, when we, can, we can name a, a list of people uh, with that network who have uh, not exactly been fan favorites. Yeah, yeah. Collinsworth. Uh, Michaels was there carrying Collinsworth. I love Collinsworth, by the way. <laughs> Shout out. Of course. But specifically, like, uh, Tony Dungy. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris Sims. Um Gosh, dude! Uh, I didn't even like as a Pat as a Pats fan. I didn't even like Rodney Harris. Didn't Drew Brees get kicked off the network? No, I think they're still working him in. He was okay. They're he's trying just still. These are all like monotone guys that just like have no like energy. Yeah, they need to get like Joe Tessitore. They need to poach someone from ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the last note I had on that game. It had nothing to do with it. Um, so I did notice from last week we did a full pod on season. Predictions, uh, over/under totals, the whole shebang, and we didn't even do a top four playoff. Yeah, to put, to put us in it. Yeah. So maybe if maybe we'll work that in top four playoff. One of us gets three out of the four. We'll do the dinner thing. But yeah, so I wanted to include that quickly. We don't have to dive into each team, um, but just cover the playoff uh, for who you think is going to be there in January. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll start. Um, I wrote down Oregon, Alabama, Michigan, and Texas is my uh, wrong f- four picks. Um, wrong. So I uh, I picked Oregon, um, you know, because I, I think they have a chance to come out of the Pac-12 with zero or one losses, and I already talked about Bo Nix last week. So I'm rolling with Oregon. I, I picked Texas kind of for a similar reason from a conference standpoint playing in the big 12 this year i don't see much competition for them and as you know you said last week that's a team that has like the upside to you know like lose one game this year um or you know possibly be like seven and five so i'm just taking a shot in the dark with texas and rolling with their upside um and uh yours at quarterback michigan 
is kind of a pick where I, you know, I've heard that they have a ton of NFL talent on their roster, a lot of first round picks. Paul Feinbaum said that this morning on ESPN, um, and someone's going to have to come out of the Big Ten, and just with Ohio State's quarterback uncertainty, um, I think that makes the point of Michigan, if you're arguing Michigan, a little stronger there. And they've also been to the playoffs the last two seasons. And then Alabama, I'm just uh, I'm just going with a bounce back season, like revenge revenge uh, season, S-Z-N, for uh, um, the Crimson Tide. So those are my four picks. Okay. Well, I know I won't have to buy you dinner, so I appreciate you making those. Uh, I'll go mine in order. One seed will be Ohio State. Uh, and then there's going to be something that has never been seen in the playoff before. There's going to be a possibility of almost a guarantee of a, a rematch, and it's going to have a possibility of three teams that have played each other during the season. Number two, I have um, Notre Dame. I got them bought in. Wow. Yep. Losing only wow. game to Ohio State, obviously. Wow. Um, and then number three, I have, once again, back-to-back years, Michigan and Ohio State both making the playoff. Uh, I have ACC not having anyone represented. I have Big 12 not having anyone represented. And I have LSU coming out of the SEC to be the four seed to, <laughs> to play Ohio State. So it's Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, uh, and LSU with a potential Ohio State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan rematch for the national championship. Man, good luck putting your, putting your trust in Daniels over there at LSU. <laughs> good I, luck. Yeah, and Brian Kelly. I mean, he's the king of making the playoffs and just uh, shitting the bed. So with an Ohio State backing, be happy to see LSU there. Jaden Daniels is not him. Uh, let's dive into week one. I mean, we've got a lot of games to cover. So what we're going to do, uh, we're going to talk about six of the biggest games this week. Then we're going to give out our picks so we're going to go down uh, Thursday through Monday. We're going to cover Florida, Utah, uh, Georgia Tech, Louisville, uh, UNC, South Carolina, uh, TCU, Colorado, LSU, Florida State, and then Clemson, Duke. Uh, obviously, we know Georgia Tech, Louisville is not one of the biggest games of the week, but it is uh, the Friday marquee game. Uh, Florida, Utah is the Thursday marquee game. And then the last two we mentioned are the uh, Sunday and Monday. So... We're just going to go down on what it's going to present uh, from beginning of the week. So Florida, Utah is up first. So Florida, um, they're currently six and a half point underdogs against Utah. The total is set at 44 and a half. Um, mm-hmm. This is a Thursday night game, as you mentioned. Um, so, I mean, to kick things off, it, it's a revenge game for Utah. Um, Florida beat them last season. Um with, with A. Rich? Yep, with Anthony Richardson, exactly. It came down to the last play of the game. Um and Florida intercepted Utah at the goal line. Um, so we still don't know the status of Cam Rising at this point in time. Um, we don't know if he's playing um, or if he will not play. Um, and if he does play, nobody knows how healthy he really is. So like with that said, Utah's coaching staff has known this. Like I'm assuming Utah knows what they're doing with rising this Thursday. That would be my assumption. They've literally had all summer to prepare for uh, this game against Florida. So if Cam Rising can't go, like Utah still has a plan in place, right? It's not like this happened in week four of the season or something and they have to like prepare 
in six days. They've literally had all season to prepare for that. So I think that helps Utah's case if Rising doesn't go. Um, on the Florida side of things, um, you may know they, they brought in Graham Mertz from Wisconsin to be their quarterback. So I'm curious to see Florida's offense and how they will look with Mertz. I wouldn't expect him to like light things up because he did not do that at Wisconsin. He's a pretty one-dimensional guy, pocket passer, not really a guy who's going to beat you with his legs. Um, with all that said, like Utah has a really good defense. They had a really good defense last year, and I believe they returned quite a bit of that defense this season. I don't have a play on this game. Um, if if I had a lean, I would lean Florida because I'm really uncertain about Cam Rising, and I got to imagine that Florida is a little bit better, especially on defense, that, that, that they were um, from a season ago. The, the, all right, so if Cam, Cam Rising plays, do you feel the same way? If Rising plays, I am leaning Utah. But again, I'm not going to have a bet on this game. Okay. Um, and then from the total standpoint, I do lean under 44.5 right now um, currently. I think it's kind of kind of going to be a slugfest type of game because um, I don't believe in Florida's offense at the moment, especially against Utah's defense. And then on the other side of the coin, even if Cam Rising plays, how healthy is he really? So... Who knows? That's the thing. Nobody knows. But those those are my initial thoughts. Yeah. No, I fall in line with a lot. I mean, everything I'm seeing, uh, first of all, game time decisions should be banned. Um, you know, maybe 24 hours in advance. But come on. There's game no time. need for a game time decision when you've had nine nine yeah. months to prepare for a game. Exactly. Like, you know if he's in or out at yep. this point. So a few things I wrote down. So Graham Mertz, uh, guy doesn't run at all. So, obviously, AR-15 last year extended a lot of plays with its legs. Uh, Mertz had a, a cool uh, – you and I had more rushing yards than him last year because he came in at negative 21 rushing yards on the season. That's insane. Yep. Wow. Uh, I think they include uh, sacks in, in college, though, opposed from the NFL. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, so negative 21. Uh, however, the O-line is uh, super strong. They'll need to dominate uh, with some long drives to get this game done. They'll need to control time of possession. Uh, their middle linebacker, uh, they got Mitchell from Ohio State. Uh, Des Watson, 450 pounds at T-tackle. Oh this dude is just, he is a must-watch, like, absolute big boy. Oh, I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll be able to watch yeah. him, whether you're looking for him or not. Big boy dancing on the roof. Big boy. Never seen a big boy grill on the roof. Uh, they got a super young secondary uh, NFL talent with Jason Marshall. Uh, new coaches everywhere uh, with Napier bringing uh, defensive coaches in. Um, basically, Florida just needs to win time possession to win this game. If Rising is playing, which I'm fully expecting him to play, uh, everything that's coming out of their camp uh, is basically indicating he's playing. Utah didn't really lose much. Uh, they lost Dalton Kincaid. Tough for a tight end to control your entire offense, though, uh, because their O-line is completely dominant. They had two running backs last year, uh, both averaged over five yards per carry in Jackson and Bernard. So everyone's back on D, minus their tackle for a loss leader and sack leader. So more NFL talent up front on the D-line, too. It's going to be a, a nasty game in the trenches, and that's why I lean the over, 44 and a half. Uh, the only reason I lean the over is because I see both these teams controlling the ball 
I don't see many turnovers happening. 44.5 is super low. I did pull a stat that the over is hits at 59% uh, for uh, non-conference opponents in windy conditions and expected to be a little windy. So that could alter some of the special teams game. And to be honest, at 44.5, all we need is 24-21 to get it done. Mm-hmm. It's not like we need a, a shootout. In Utah, outside of that, I would also lean uh, Utah minus six. Yeah, so opposite sides there. I mean, you know, for me, this is totally one of those games where, like, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it, but I'm going to be pretty happy that I don't have anything better yeah. in the game when it gets kicked off. That's fair, yeah. Okay, yeah, so a couple leans there, nothing committed. I will say this next game was, I mean, fucking atrocious to look up. Georgia Tech is plus eight uh, versus Louisville. Uh, This game's in Atlanta on Friday at 6.30. Where do we even start on this game? Uh, Louisville lost their quarterback, Malik Cunningham, who was a lot of their running game. So they're going to open up more of a conventional offense. Uh, The child has returned, or like the prodigal son has returned. Jeff Brom is in, uh, the former Louisville guy. Uh, obviously, born there, stayed there as quarterback, uh, concussed himself famously <laughs> in the XFL. So maybe that's why he's dumb enough to go there after just like finally getting Purdue off the ground. So they were actually pretty pretty productive in the transfer portal at a lot of athletic positions, wide receiver, linebacker, cornerback. Um, and I also noted here they possibly landed the best name in all of college football from UNC. Uh, Storm Duck. Yeah, it's a hell of a name. <laughs> An insane name. Uh, Jack Plummer, who was with uh, Brahm at Purdue, starting at quarterback, who just came from Cal last year. Uh, this isn't your triple option Georgia Tech team, They, but they need the run to work. Uh, they're 1-36 in the last seven seasons uh, when they rush under 150 yards. Uh, this I noted here, uh, literally this game stinks. Uh, scheduling agent should be fired for this being the primetime game on Friday. Yeah, I would lean the under 48 and a half. And if I had to pick a side, I'd take Louisville minus eight. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if Georgia Tech signed a deal where they have to be on primetime week one because they played Clemson on the Monday night game yep. last year, also at the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta. So notes that I wrote down in this game, if you're looking to to possibly bet it, Brent Key, he was the interim coach last season for Georgia Tech once they fired their head coach from last year. And he actually went 4-4, four and four, um, which is really good for Georgia Tech. They beat Pitt, they beat North Carolina, and they beat Duke. Um, they were 4-2 and two straight up as an underdog under his leadership. They do lose Jeff Sims. Uh, their starting quarterback. He transferred to Nebraska, um, and you already talked about uh, Brom. He's a good coach. The loss of Cunningham, as you mentioned, he's also going to be bringing in his new system, his new offensive system. So it might take some time to get the ball rolling on offense or not. I guess we'll see. Um, What I noted here, sharp money is on the under. The total has moved down. And what I wrote down as far as a side here, I said I lean Georgia, Georgia Tech to cover in this spot and you can agree or disagree with the reasoning what i the angle that i came at this from was going back from last year when they played clemson and they lost 41 to 10 in atlanta 
I remember watching that game because I bet on Clemson in a variety of different ways, and I won um, all of my bets on Clemson that night. <laughs> and I just re- remember watching and thinking how many missed opportunities Georgia Tech had in that game, and had they just converted a few of them, it would have been a different a different story and a different outcome. You know, like one, just one of those games where it's like, hey, if they convert this third and five, all of a sudden they score a touchdown and it's seven to seven instead of like a turnover and Clemson goes and scores and makes it 14 nothing. Just like, it's like a hypothetical example. So I am leaning Georgia Tech to cover the points. Um, you know, their campus is in Atlanta. Um, I still expect plenty of Louisville fans there. Um, but I think we're going to get a good showing under um, Brent Key for Georgia Tech and Louisville. You might just be catching them in a spot where it's going to take them a few weeks to really start clicking and getting in, getting an offensive identity. So um, I don't know if I'm playing this game yet or not. I'll keep you posted as far as like our official podcast picks go. But my lean would be Georgia Tech to uh, cover the points here. Okay. Yeah. One other thing of note. This is crazy. Uh, so Louisville's. Um Season win total over under is like right at six and a half, seven. Found this out while looking, like looking through the whole season. They avoid uh, North Carolina, Clemson, and Florida State this year. North Carolina, Clemson, and Florida State. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, so there could be some huge. They lucked out. Yeah, unnecessary like Louisville hype on Brom coming in right. when they basically got the luckiest roll of the dice. On, on season scheduling. Seriously. So, thought that was a funny thing to know. Yeah. So this might be the most hype, bad team, like, matchup. And we're starting off at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Where we have Primetime making his uh, Power 5, yeah, Power 5 debut against TCU when TCU comes in as 20 and a half, 20 and a half point favorites to Colorado. Yeah, for sure. This game, I mean, if you're a college football fan, you're gonna you're gonna be watching this one to see Dion and uh, his son and um, who is the guy? Is it Travis Hunter? Yeah, Travis Hunter. Yeah, number one defensive back in the country. Num- number one DB in the country, and he was at Jackson State last year, right? Yes. Yep. And then he transferred with Dion. Yeah. To go to Colorado. Yeah. How crazy? Right. How crazy is that? I mean, you just you just don't see that. Well, I mean, he was a top five overall recruit, number one cornerback recruit uh and he went to hbcu for sure uh and it was because of Dion, obviously yeah, yeah for sure um yeah man um what the fuck do you expect in this game i mean it's like listen i didn't write down much much uh, only because there's i mean what can you write down when uh colorado was literally just jackson state who was 12 and 1 last year uh with two dozen plus more d1 transfers I mean, like we said last pod, they've had 50 transfer portal activities. Like, this is a completely, like, just hodgepodge team, basically a fantasy draft team. Um, If you don't get to draft, like, anyone but, like, three-star recruits. Um, Yep. They have Schroeder, his son. He's electric at quarterback. He'll definitely fit in right away. Uh, Yeah, like you said, Hunter. Basically... TCU has a good thing going. Uh, people forget Tran- Chandler Morris, their quarterback, did start Week One last week against Col- last year against Colorado. Uh, it was not Max Duggan. That's a good. That's a really good point. You're right. People, Chandler Morris got do hurt. Forget that. The first game, uh, blew out his knee and or just hurt his knee. Duggan got hot. 
never lost the job again. Yeah. And so he was the starter week one last year. So, but they do lose obviously Quentin Johnston. They lose everyone at the wide receiver position. They already had a suspect defense, um, but I mean the offense is strong, returning all their O line. That being said, I'm actually on prime time plus twenty and a half. So this is not a lean. I'm on Colorado plus twenty and a half. Too many points. Uh, this is one of those gambles where. Uh, yeah, I mean, we gamble for a reason, and I'd rather be on this side at the end of the game, whether Colorado loses by 50 or something magical happens. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 20 and a half is a ton of points, and there's so many question marks on Colorado's side and those question marks on TCU's side as well. And basically, you're, basic, you're, you're taking the team that's getting essentially three touchdowns and three extra points, and, and, you're, and you're rolling with that. I mean, we know Dion. Deion Sanders has no problem motivating his players. I think his players do like to play for him, the ones that are in the program and are taking it seriously. I don't think Deion's a clown. I think Deion, you know, obviously he had an enormous amount of success at the collegiate and professional levels. He knows what it takes to be successful and what it takes to compete and what it takes to win. With that said, we'll find out when they line them up against TCU and just see how well they do, you know, at the line of scrimmage. Are they going to be able to hold up against TCU's offensive line when they're running the ball? And then vice versa, how's their offensive line going to look against TCU's defense? I'm with you. It's just a lean for me at this point. I would also lean Colorado in the points. That would be the side that I would want to be on as well. And one more note for that game, sharp money is coming in on the over. So, just something to note if you're looking to bet. Sharp money is coming in on the over when traditionally in week one we see the majority of sharp money coming in on unders. Yep. Publix on Colorado, but the money split about 50-50. I mean, there's not much more to say. I mean, TCU, I think, is taking a huge step back. They were one of my underpicks, so I wouldn't be mad if this was one of their first uh, losses of the season to really expedite that. All right, that's our uh, another thing of uh, – just one last thing. Xander versus scheduling here. This is a fucking 10 a.m. kick, mountain time. Uh, this is in Colorado. I mean, what are we doing to our guy Dion here? This game is in Texas. But it's kicking off at 10 a.m. Their, their body clock time. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's kind of right on the border, Texas Christian. You know, the, the whatever they call it, the dateline. For how they split, um, like the time changes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's in in Texas, but they're kicking off 10 a.m. body clock time first week. It's just an hour. Mayor. I don't make much of that. Mayor. I mean these kids aren't even drinking coffee yet. You know they wake up naturally. All right. Well, I'm still in already in a heated rivalry with the uh, scheduling czars wherever they are. The next game Saturday night. This is one of my favorite games. Uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, will definitely be the main TV, and then the YouTube TV multicast will be on the uh, alternate TV. But UNC uh, versus South Carolina. This game is in Charlotte. It's at 6.30 p.m. Saturday. This is going to sound crazy, but if we're just talking odds, these are two top 20 Heisman Early preseason favorites. That's a fact, Jack. These are 
<clears throat> this is a Heisman implications early game with Drake May and Spencer Rattler. This is how I have it. I, I dug in deep into this game. UNC's defense literally needs to do anything. Just yep. anything. Yep. They were dead last in the ACC last year in defense. They fell apart at the end of the season, losing their last four games, even though they that's including their bowl game. They went to the ACC championship, got blown out by Clemson, but they finished dead last. Uh, with a potent offense, uh, it's tough to not get any help from the other side of the ball. They got Walker, uh, this kid from Kent State, who is a deep threat, uh, so it should help Drake May extend the field. Uh, I have South Carolina just needing to beat good teams that don't wear orange. Yep. So, so they ruined Tennessee and Clemson's season last year. But ahead of those games, I mean, they were, oh, man, uh, one of the worst teams in the country to one of the best teams in the country. They were heck, Jekyll and Hyde. Um, their O-line definitely has holes. Rattler saw a lot of pressure at all times. That could be uh, one of the main reasons why uh, they saw so much uh, variability. And um, basically... Defense was non-stellar either. So this is a prove-me-wrong game on two bad defenses from last year, meaning I need the defenses to prove me wrong. I'm 100% in on the over at 64.5. Expect a shootout on Saturday night. And I'm leaning right now UNC minus 2, but their money line's at minus 135, so I'm probably going to just jump in on minus 135. Yeah. I don't have much to add. You pretty much covered everything that I would have said. The total opened at 60, and it's been bet up to yeah. 64 and a yeah. half. This is another one where a ton of sharp money is on the over. Yeah. So I'm with you. I still lean the over 64 and a half, and if I had to pick a side, I would still lean North Carolina minus two and a half over South Carolina because I trust uh, May more than I do Rattler. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, I'm liking Drake May more and more. I look into him. Yeah, it's up to two and a half now. I saw it at two earlier. I guess the one last thing I'd say about that game is North Carolina, they retained Buddy Ass on defense, uh, for their defensive coordinator. Um, Chiswick. Yeah. Yeah, Gene Chiswick. Yeah. Hey, you can't finish lower than last. So Seriously. So he's got a chance to... You just finish like eighth or seventh in the in the league. It's just one of those things where doesn't it feel like most programs would have moved on and like said, all right, yeah, you're, you're done. But they're they're bringing him back. Yeah, maybe so. give him an extra season to recruit the guys he needs for his. Uh, that could be the only thing that I see, it's just because of the transfer portal the way it is. Uh, but yeah, okay, so we're both on the same side there. Good. All right, so that's uh, that's for, just a lean for you, right? No, that's I'm in. I'm in on. I already locked in sixty four and a half, and then my lean is uh, UNC money line minus one thirty five. Got it. Both of those are just leans for me right now. I'll let you know if anything changes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Sunday, uh, biggest game on Sunday, biggest game of the week is uh, LSU, Florida State. LSU comes in uh, at uh, minus two and a half. This is technically a neutral site game, but it is in Orlando. Uh, it's at 6.30. All these are in central time. 6.30 central on Sunday. Um, what do you got? Waiting all day for Sunday night. <laughs> Yeah, it's the game of the week, baby. It's the week. It's the game of the week. So yeah, LSU is currently two and a half point favorites. The total is set at fifty six and a half right now on DraftKings. Last year, if you recall, Florida State won 
24 to 23 in the Superdome. So that was a huge LSU heavy crowd. This time the game is in Orlando. So you could expect more Florida State fans. Granted, LSU is still going to travel. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But it's going to be more of a home game for FSU. Last year was the crazy-ass game in the Superdome. 24-10, FSU had the lead late. LSU scored a touchdown, 24-17. Florida State gets the ball back. They are forced to punt. LSU punt returner muffs the punt. Florida State recovers. They're literally just running out the clock, and they fumble on third and goal. LSU then gets the ball, drives 99 yards down the field, scores a touchdown on the last play of the game, then they decide to kick the extra point to send it into overtime, and it gets blocked. So that's how that game finished. So my quick thoughts here. I know what side you are going to be on, you LSU homer. I like Jordan Travis more than I do Jaden Daniels. Um, And I also think Florida State has a better defense than LSU. Florida State was uh, one of the stronger defenses uh, last season in college football, and perhaps you could make that argument for LSU. I know Florida State returns nine starters on the defensive side of the ball. I like Jordan Travis more than I do Jaden Daniels, and I like where this game is being played in Orlando. So you can lock me in Florida State plus two and a half in this one. Wow. You're not convinced in the money line? You're going to give me two and a half? I will take it. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Listen, I mean, everything you said was correct. Jaden Daniels just needs some help in the rush game. I mean, last year uh, he counted for almost 900 yards rushing, 11 TDs. Granted, a lot of those were broken plays. You got Brian Kelly coming in, um, trying to establish what he runs, which if you watch any of Brian Kelly's Notre Dame tenure, was not sprinkled with scrambling quarterbacks. So also getting accustomed uh, from a coaching perspective. So I expect uh, Jaden to be in the pocket a little bit more. Uh, they are definitely led by two of the better defensive players. This is LSU in the entire country. Mason Smith and Harold Perkins are going to be just everyday players on Sunday, no doubt. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about defense, we just need to get the quarterback, just get to the quarterback, Travis. I mean, he's a little slippery fucker. Uh, I mean, he's been around for five years now. Yep. So it's going to be a tall task, but revenge factor is huge. I mean, that was clearly like a devastating missed extra point. And um, so I will say that Florida State did rank first last year, almost, uh, well, in every game. In the final seven games, they had over 200 yards rushing in each game. Uh, They have the 6'7 freak, Johnny Wilson, at wide receiver. It's going to be a problem. 200 plus yards in their bowl game yeah, last year. He's going to be an absolute problem. Six foot seven. Insane. And then here's a stat for you, Mayor. I know you love stats. But last year, Florida State was plus 137 in point differential in the first half. So my bet is going to be Florida State plus 115 money line first half. And I'm also going to say, with a caveat, I'll be on LSU live money line at halftime. Interesting. All yep. right. What if uh, what if LSU is winning by a touchdown at half? Well, I won't be on them live because it'll be like minus two hundred. Right. Just yeah. So the bet I have currently locked in is FSU plus one fifteen money on first half. Yeah. Yep. 
So that's what I have. I, I, mean, I think it's going to be an incredible game. It's going to be a one-score game for sure. Huge public money on the uh, LSU spread, but also huge public money on Florida State's um, money line. So sharp money on LSU money line and sharp money on LSU, or I'm sorry, Florida State spread. Interesting. So it seems like uh, a lot of people think of a repeat one, two-point game. Yeah, let me ask you real quick on that game. You know, you're you're talking pretty highly of the LSU defense, and I was talking pretty highly of the Florida State defense. Does that perhaps have underwritten on that game then at yeah. 56 and a half? Yeah, I could see under on that big time. They've got the players. They've got the players. Mason Smith was out all of last year. He'll be a top pick uh, when he declares. Um, obviously, Harold Perkins is probably the best linebacker in the entire country. So we shall see. And, uh, and <clears throat> not to cut you off there, but you'll have to fact check me on this. But uh, there's a uh, defensive tackle for uh, LSU that's missing this game. I don't know if it's suspension or what, but a pretty impactful player. Just uh, just so you all know, if you're um, if you're looking to handicap this game, I want to say a starting defensive tackle who's pretty damn good for the Tigers is out in this game. It's Mason Smith, the guy I was just talking about. Really? This is a uh, this is a uh, Quinshawn Jenkins all over again. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I uh, I completely overlooked that. Uh, if if you Quinshawn Jenkins last week is someone that doesn't exist uh, <laughs> in the college football universe. Uh, still one of my favorites for Heisman, but it's Quinshawn Judkins. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, it wouldn't be a pot if I don't eat crow and just absolutely whammy on one of the best <laughs> things that I need. Yeah, Mason Smith was the guy I was talking about. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks big time. Something to keep in mind, folks. <laughs> wow, just big time in me. So, I'm on uh, Florida State first half. Uh, Moneyline and Mayer's on Florida State game plus two and a half. Last game... Again, scheduling. Jesus Christ. Can there be a better game than Clemson versus some garbage ACC team? As Mayor brought up earlier, they played Georgia Tech last year. They get or they go to Duke this year, so it's not a neutral site. Um, I mean, there is some upside on Duke, but with that being said, I think this is a big time go to bed early, tuck in the kids. This should be a walkover game with uh, Klubnik, Shipley on O, Trotter and Carter, Wiggins on D, all returning. Duke, pretty good defense is coming back. Adds some depth at cornerback from uh, from the transfer portal. That being said, this is a line you look back at and you're just like, how did I get Clemson week one at minus 13? So I'm on um, I'm on the trifecta here. So I'm officially locked in. Clemson, first quarter, three and a half. Clemson, first half, six and a half. Clemson game, 13. Yeah, I uh, I echo your thoughts there completely. So I don't have anything locked in yet. I'll keep you posted if I do, but I am right there with you. This is a Clemson spot for me. Yeah, last year, again, another stat that you like, Clemson outscored opponents by 80 in the first quarter. So that's why I jumped at uh, three and a half first quarter. Uh, but yeah. Another game at 6.30 on Monday. Overall slate, pretty good. I mean, sure. I mean, we've got one game that's uh, five versus eight. 
I mean, everyone's going to be looking towards that LSU Florida State. But I got to be honest. I mean, that's on Sunday. That North Carolina South Carolina game is going to be really good too. Well, it's uh, it's it's the best of the bunch, right? That's that's what we're given. Yeah. So those are just uh, games we wanted you to cover. Wanted you to make sure that you knew what was going on this weekend. Uh, see what teams what they have to do to win. Yeah. Listen, we do have to just throw in a little note about Duke. I mean, they are returning a ton of people. Uh, a lot of their defense was uh, one of the higher ranked defenses in the ACC. Listen, it's not a bad team, uh, but I'm just not sure that. Uh, with a Clemson team that, I mean, low-key was only a South Carolina one-point loss away from literally being in college football playoff when everyone's written off Clemson like they're a team of just like the past. Yep. So uh, now we'll just cover a few personal games. I asked Mayor to get together a few of his favorite bets, then I have a few of mine. Uh, we'll recap, and then we'll uh, we'll send you on your way. So, Mayor, what do you got? Let me, let me hear what you got, bud. All right, so for Thursday night, outside of Florida and Utah, there is a Big Ten game, Nebraska versus Minnesota. I touched on this last week. I am on Nebraska plus 7.5 against Minnesota. The spread has uh, moved down to 7 as we record this podcast right now. Um, And look, I'm going to keep it pretty short and pretty sweet. I, uh, I think Matt Rule the new coach for Nebraska. He's going to bring a lot of good energy into that program, and I think it's going to be evident starting on Thursday night against the Minnesota team where, granted, P.J. Fleck has done a nice job over there, but Minnesota is still going to be Minnesota, right? This isn't Ohio State. This isn't even Iowa. It's Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Seven and a half to me. I got that at minus 114. That feels like a ton of points to me in a game that I truly – believe is a coin flip. I don't think going into Minnesota is that daunting of a task. I don't think it's this hostile home field advantage for Minnesota. Nebraska, as I mentioned earlier, they brought in Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech, who did a really nice job for them last season. Um, and uh, or Nebraska brings in Jeff Sims. I don't know if I said Minnesota there. Nebraska brings in Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech to be their quarterback. Minnesota, they lose Tanner Morgan, their starter from last season. He was okay. Um, and they lose uh, Ibrahim, um, you know, yeah. a, a real good running back for them as well. So oh, he was sick. Long story short, I personally believe that this spread should be more along the lines of three, not seven and a half. So I will gladly take Nebraska in the points um, in that game. So that's a locked-in bet for me on Thursday. Okay. Is that your only bet for the week, or are you just going through Thursday? Yeah, other, th- other than that. Because I- I'm, I'm also on that for Thursday. Okay. I didn't have it. I have it in a, a parlay I'll mention later, but I, I do like that play. Gotcha. Yep. So other than that, the only other bet I have is the one I just mentioned, Florida State plus two and a half against LSU on Sunday night. Um, I probably will have uh, at least another play or two for you um, to get out on, on our Twitter. You know, a game that I haven't looked into yet or bet on yet, but I'm super curious to hear your thoughts is uh, Toledo versus Illinois. Because I look at that game, and I see Toledo plus nine, and I am just, oh, I'm, I'm getting hungry. I have an appetite to bet Toledo and the points in that one. Well, but I'll, I'll Mayor, I mean, it's, I mean, that's a perfect segue. I mean, we, we try to not share each other's bets so we can get an uh, initial reaction, a, uh, a whoa off maybe a, a good or bad side. And that's a perfect segue because my first 
personal game is Toledo plus 10, minus 125. Um, I mean, listen, Illinois obviously had a great, great season last year, but they lost all those guys to the NFL. Exactly. Like, they lost that defensive prowess. Um, some people on the Illinois side are saying those are Lovey's leftovers. He recruited those guys specifically for his defense. Mm-hmm. Can Bielema step up and bring in his own guys? Uh, they weren't exactly an offensive juggernaut. Chase Brown is gone. Right. Who was uh, their best player. He was by far their best player and a severely underrated player. Not talked about enough in national media. Chase Brown was sick at running back, but he's gone too. guy named Reggie Love takes over. Love that name. He's up there. Not quite with Storm Duck, but love that name. And, and listen, you have to love an underdog that is getting their biggest game by far of the year the first game. So they get extra amount of time. This is like a bowl game for them. They get to come out. Uh, they have a soft schedule for um, leading up, or I'm sorry, coming out of Illinois. And then, of course, they have the MAC. Um, they're not traveling very far. I mean, Champaign to Toledo, it's probably a four-hour bus ride. Um, so it's not like they're going to have any sort of lag. I'm on Toledo plus 10. I'm going to be sprinkling on the money line as well. That's more of a homer side. But bringing up again, second time in the program, PCHAP, Illinois, through and through. We've talked about this with level heads. I am concerned about the coaching disparity. I like Bielema better than I like our coach, Jason Candle. So if it comes down to it, I'm more comfortable with the points than the money line. The money line will definitely be like a half unit, not a full unit. But, yeah, that that by far is the best. Trying to remove myself as a homer alumni is, I would say, the best, because it's at 9.5, single-digit spread where a dog, live dog, on this slate specifically. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in full agreement with you there. Um, so... Tell me, talk to me about this just a little bit. Toledo, they're the favorites to win the MAC. Yes, yeah. Especially now with Ohio's quarterback going down. Talk to me about, real quick. Talk to me about their defense. Listen, I mean, in the MAC, you're not going to get like outrageous defense. Uh, I mean, they're the MAC defense operates Ben don't break, Ben don't break. Uh, they have a leader in Dallas Gant. Uh, transfer from Ohio State a couple years back. He's from the Toledo area. Uh, they have J.J. Juan Johnson on the D-line. Listen, they have a couple NFL caliber talents on there. They lost a few. Um, uh, the kid's name slipping me, but uh, went to Cincinnati. But they returned everyone on offense. They got or offensive tackle from um, uh, Florida State. It's going to be plug-and-play tackle. Um, they have a big... Big returning offensive line. Daquan Finn is only a junior. He's had he's played every single year he's been at Toledo. Uh, so I just think Illinois losing all that talent at cornerback, and this being their first game, uh, defending conference champion, that's favored to win the conference again, no matter if they're MAC versus Big Ten. I, I just think it's trouble for Illinois, and. Uh, I think there could be some traction on on a, a underdog winner. Yeah, I'm with you right there. So um, yeah, you can lock that play in for me as well. I'm oh yeah, go, Toledo I'm, plus ten. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm just gonna take the number, whatever it is. I think I saw nine. So okay, I'm just gonna take the number. Yeah, it's up to nine and a half for sure. You can get plus ten, a little juicy. I will say this: uh, not that we're sponsored by any draft book, obviously. Uh, DraftKings uh, game lines for college football just severely improved from last season. They got a slider on there, half points, 
yeah, just much more user friendly. Uh, and there's a few good uh, DraftKings FanDuel uh, boosts on there as well. I wanted to write down to cover. Make sure you check that out. Another card for live dogs. Wyoming. I'm taking them half unit plus 410 at home to Texas Tech. Okay. They're 14 point dogs, so I'll, I'll be on 14 points as well. Uh, listen, I mean, Texas Tech, they had uh, close to 30 turnovers last year. Wyoming, stout on defense. They just need, this is like UNC just needs anyone to play a little bit of defense. Wyoming just needs their quarterback, who's a senior now, and they might have the freshman play instead. Just need to complete a pass. I mean, he was horrific last year. Uh, Wyoming won a lot of games, just low scoring. Um, so I'm on Wyoming. They're home dogs, 14. And I just think that this is a very live team to play. Yeah, that's a really, really interesting pick on your end. Um, so, you're locked, so your official pick for the podcast is going to be Wyoming and with the spread. And you can plus fourteen, it. and then I have a half unit on plus four ten, and we won't count that against your record. Yeah, half units. Yeah, we don't need to. We'll just do the sprinkles on the side. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> that's real interesting. Yeah, yeah. yep. Uh, and then my I have two more. Uh, one more on uh, Saturday. Super interesting game. Another crazy uh, two point game last season. UTSA goes to Houston. Uh, it was a three overtime loss last year. Uh, where UTSA is a road favorite, only minus one. Uh, listen, both these teams, highly potent offenses. Uh, Houston did lose a little bit more than UTSA. We have the new uh, Adrian Martinez at UTSA, where seventh-year quarterback Frank <laughs> Harris wow. is starting for UTSA. So basically has like a, a full family in a home. <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm in the revenge spot here. I think Houston lost too much in the offseason. Love Dana. UTSA is just building something special. I like that minus one number. So I'm going to be on UTSA minus one. And that is, I believe, a 630 kick as well. Yeah. I don't have much to add there. He's returning, the quarterback. He's returning to UTSA, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I remember watching UTSA play against MTSU last year. And um, they looked uh, really potent on offense. So, yeah, I I believe in their offense. Yeah. And... Listen, I'm probably going to lean on the over for them. Uh, yeah, UTSA and the AAC now. Uh, that's at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. The 59.5 seems good. I'm just literally worried about Houston. I think I I couldn't be happier getting minus one, even though it's on the road for UTSA. So I'm going to stick with that. And then my last pick, listen, I'm not dogpiling on you, Mayor. I, I promise you I'm not. But it's a – I'm going to allow to prove it to me week one. Rutgers minus six and a half. First game, Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. The Northwestern Wildcats have to come into Piscataway and try and take down a Rutgers team with the first game without Fitzgerald. They got Shiano and the boys ready to play early morning in New Jersey. Yeah. Give me six and a half. One of my favorite bets of the entire week. If that's, I already locked it in. I don't want it to get above seven, which I think it will. Uh, Rutgers minus six and a half. Yeah, I uh, like that play. Um, I know you're not trying to dogpile on me. It's just easy to fade Northwestern right now. And Rutgers, here's the thing. I think a lot of people look at Rutgers football, and that's what gives them hesitation, right? Like, they're like, well, okay, I know they're playing Northwestern, but it's but it's Rutgers, right? It's Rutgers. But Greg Schiano, as you mentioned, he's back. Um, talk to me a little bit about 
just a little bit about your optimism with Rutgers as a program, maybe just being able to um, not be at the bottom bottom of the basement here in the Big Ten. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if they can do that. I'm just that um, pessimistic on Northwestern. Uh, I think Rutgers is a five-win team ceiling. Uh, Big Ten is just way too strong uh, for Rutgers to succeed right now. Uh, I will say, side note, it's going to be hilarious uh, when UCLA Bruins fans are up at 8 a.m. for a uh, road game in Piscataway, New Jersey, or 9 a.m. West Coast time. That's going to be hilarious. Yeah, Rutgers has a tough schedule. I mean, they've got Virginia Tech, Michigan, back-to-back weeks. They'll beat Wagner. They should beat Northwestern. They should beat Temple. Uh, but outside of that, they'll beat Indiana, maybe. But that's a road game. Uh, those are two one of the two of the bottom. But they close out with like Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, and then Maryland. And those are all four easy losses for for Rutgers. So again, this isn't a very good team. Um, he'll build it back up to occasionally popping. Right. But I'm just that down on Northwestern. So those are the the few I had. Yeah. Overall, I uh, I, I do agree with your side uh, on that game. Yeah. Um, so recapping um, everything, Mayor. What I have for you is Nebraska plus seven and a half, um, Florida State plus two and a half, and Toledo plus nine and a half. Correct. Is that your full card? You're not committing to any lanes. Not at this point, I'll, I'll let you know. I, I have a pretty good feeling that I'm going to be on Clemson in some sort of way against Duke. Um, and I'm going to think about Rutgers locking that one in and, and maybe maybe one or two other picks. But I'll, I'll keep you posted. i got nothing that I'm ready to commit to right now. I mean, Jesus Christ, because I'm about to rattle off like 13 picks here. <laughs> I mean, you know it's going to be a weighted average by percentage. Exactly. Yeah, we're not going. Well, I'm okay. But you're not going. We're going to have to start implying a minimum here. Well, I'm though. okay with that. Three fucking picks for the entire week. Look, I'm trying to be profitable, not sexy. Wow. Well, anyway, so going down mine, we'll go down in order uh, by the day that they play. So I am on uh, the over for Florida Utah, 44 and a half, uh, Friday. I am actually, didn't really talk about this game, uh, but I'm on the under again. I'm tracking this team. I'm on the under again for Stanford, Hawaii, under 59.5. Lock it in now. Uh, Supposed to be pretty windy conditions. Uh, Listen, this Hawaii team isn't going to be able to replicate that offensive performance. Uh, Stanford is bad. I don't think they can produce on offense either. So uh, Vandy had a little bit more of a, a glimmer of hope. Give me 59.5 under again. Are you sure? Yes. Yep. Didn't you say uh, overs hit at a 59% clip with windy conditions? I thought you said something like that. Yeah. You're going with the 41%. Uh, Mayor, listen. You said it, not me. No, you're right. You're right. Listen, I misspoke on that. It was the non-conference teams go over from that model. We eliminated the wind. So I'm going on the windy under which hits at 58%, 12% ROI on Stanford, Hawaii, 59.5. So that's Friday. Another Friday game uh, that you actually mentioned last pod that got cut, which I'm disappointed that you did not bring up today, so you're already taking back picks. Miami, Miami of Ohio, over 44.5. Listen, Miami has a great quarterback uh, in Gabbert that they are going to do some damage in the MAC. 
And then uh, Miami, just a ton of transfer portal wins. Cristobal in kind of a win or shut up situation. Uh, I'm on that over 44.5. I mean, that total is way too low. No MAC team is going to keep an ACC team like Miami in a dogfight. Have any comments on you backing out of that game, or did you have something on that game? No. No, I did not. Um, Adam Trigger over at Wager Talk is on Miami of uh, Ohio, plus the points. Um, and all I said last week is that Miami went 2-10 and ten against the uh, spread uh, last year. So this could be a spot to take the Hurricanes to cover. It actually was 17.5 when we recorded it last week. It's down to 17. So more of a favorable number if you're looking to, to back Miami Hurricanes, the U. All right, fine, fine. I'll let you stay on that. All right, moving to Saturday. Already locked in to over 64.5 on uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. Another game we didn't talk about yet. Not going to really dive into it, just going to go through it. Uh, Kentucky, minus 26 versus Ball State. That should absolutely be an easy 30-point win for Kentucky for everything that they have. Devin Leary in my uh, preseason uh, Heisman long shot. Uh, expect big things out of them. Ball State is not a contender this year in the MAC. Uh, one of the most profitable wagers last year as a whole, going back to it, if Kyle McCord starts Ohio State minus 16 and a half, first half, minus 130, you can get on FanDuel now. It's at 17 or 17 and a half on DraftKings. Right now you can get it on FanDuel. Uh, they haven't posted the team total over for college, uh, but the way that the over-under's at, it's working out at 30-point spread. It should be right around 45. So anything up to 44.5, I'm going to take for Ohio State as well. Um, both of those numbers, I fully expect this team to absolutely annihilate uh, Indiana, but uh, need Cal McCord to start. Toledo plus 10, minus 125. Uh, UTSA minus one, Wyoming plus 14, and plus 410. Uh, money line, that's at a half a unit. I'm at Colorado plus 20 and a half. Uh, Florida State plus 115 money line first half. Rutgers minus six and a half. And then Clemson uh, minus three and a half first quarter, minus six and a half first half, and minus 13 full game for the trifecta the old sharky waters nation trifecta. <laughs> the trifecta and this ain't nba we're talking about outside of that i've got a couple just for the just for the uh just for the people that may want to get a little risky with parlays not risky but just that maybe want to hit one i've got a classic three-team dog i'm gonna call it the fill me up parlay mm-hmm. the fill me up parlay Toledo money line, Wyoming money line, Colorado State money line pays 82 to 1 just for all those three teams to win. The highest is Wyoming plus 14, Colorado State plus 11 and a half, and then Toledo plus 10. And then I have an opening weekend parlay. This is something all you have to do is watch one game a night. So I just picked a game from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Right, and just hope that you continue to stay yeah, exactly alive. exactly so hedge opportunities have you as you go further in the parlay so with that i have yours i have nebraska plus seven and a half to start us off thursday and then i have what i brought up earlier miami uh miami of ohio over 44 and a half and then i'm on 
for my Saturday best bet is going to be UNC minus 140. I'm on the Tar Heels minus 140. And then for Sunday, I just skipped everything. Give me Rutgers minus 260 money line. And then give me Clemson first half minus six and a half. And all of those five bets put together gives you a 13 to 1 parlay. One game a day you have to watch. Spicy. That's spicy. Like the wings you'll be eating in <laughs> December. No, it's spicy. It's spicy. And, uh, yeah, by the way, not Miller Lights today. You heard the can crack. Uh, those are uh, banana Happy Dads back on the shelves. And I think Mayor's a fan. Yeah, they're fine. They're mild. They're <laughs> mellow. Uh, any closing thoughts, Mayor? Yes. Oh. I am excited that football is back. And that's really about it. And the NFL starts in nine days. Shout out. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Look out for our season preview on the NFL uh, dropping next week along with week one best bets. We'll have a uh, six-pack of a teasers that you can put together each week. And then along with our individual best bets, uh, player props, and a bunch of guests on the NFL side. Thanks, everyone, again for hanging in with us. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.